0: Hey guys, welcome to Search for Truth. I'm your host, James Wagner, and just had a wonderful conversation with my cousin Monica. Uh, We ended up talking a lot about uh, mental health and destigmatizing that in the world and the significance that mental health has in every aspect of life, really. And we get to hear about her fascinating journey. So I hope you guys enjoy as much as I did. So, um we were talking a little bit before things started and you were mentioning how the last like couple years have been life-changing. I mean that's yeah. that's the word you use, so that's like a big deal.
1: It is a big deal. Um so I went through um a divorce with someone I had been with for 11 years. Um, So that was a big kind of like upset in my life. Um, I was living in what I considered my dream home and a very cute little town that I loved. Um, It was very uh, community focused, volunteer with the fire and police departments there. Um, And so it was kind of like everything got flipped upside down. Um, Still excellent friends with my ex-husband, but um, at the moment, it was just kind of like, well, what do I do now? Um, Luckily, that wasn't like, I wasn't ever defined as his wife or anything like that. Um, So that wasn't anything to worry about. I had my own career. I was set, but I was used to a certain lifestyle. We were fortunate where we both made um, quite a bit of money, so we, we were fortunate enough to be able to have spending money to do things like go travel and just kind of like spend money on things that we didn't need, but we wanted. Um, So that was kind of something that I had to immediately stop (laughs) doing with spending money. Um, So for the beginning of kind of the transition period, we thought we would just live together because we got along completely fine. I wasn't planning to date anyone, um, but he pretty quickly started dating and we realized that wasn't going to work. So mm-hmm. we decided we had to put the house up for sale. Um, we ended up selling the house and I kind of scrambled to find something. I managed to find something um, very cute right by my parents. Um, so oh, that really? was really handy to be close to have family help me out since I was going to be on my own. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I had also um, kind of going off topic a little bit. I have a lot of problems with my foot. Um, I've had multiple surgeries on it, and I was, um, I knew I was gonna have another surgery um, coming up right after we moved. I had sprained my ankle pretty badly the month before we sold the house. Um, So I knew I had to live close to family (laughs) because I wasn't gonna be able to do anything. I wasn't gonna be able to walk for a month or anything. Um, So that uh, that was a big determination because um, I actually was looking way up north in California. Um, oh wow! So that it was blessing in disguise this injury um, because it it I don't think I would have realized how much I rely on my family if I would have moved up there. Um, so oh, really? the ankle injury was kind of like, hey, no, you need to stay close by. Nice.
0: <laughs> So you took the hint.
1: <laughs> I took the hint, yes. And I actually was looking at two stories, and because I was on crutches during uh, the time I was looking at houses, I was like, "Yep, no, nope, no two houses. So.
0: That's not gonna no work. No two-story
1: houses." Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's that. So I I ended up um, I did find someone to start dating um, around the time when I found my house, and we had known each other for years, and we had been really good friends. Um, so we moved in when I moved into the new house. The new boyfriend moved in to me with me. Everyone said, "Oh, you moves too quick." Well, in my mind—well, I've known him six years. It's not clear. Yeah. Well, it was. Oh. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> oh shit!
1: Yeah. So that was uh, that was another bump in the road um, because I I did have the extra income from his rent, so to speak, um, to help supplement my income. So I still was comfortable. But then it just was not working at all. Um so we broke up and he moved out very quickly and then suddenly I was even more uh had even less income coming in. Mm. So I was a little scarier because it was very close to living paycheck to paycheck um and then here we are now and I have an additional 10% cut from covid. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, a cut?
1: Yes. Um state of California um they agreed to um uh I can't remember what they're called. It's basically a furlough program where you get two days off, but 10% of your pay gets cut.
0: So oh, weird. Two, two I'm years going off? from
1: two pretty good incomes to my income, some little bit extra income to just my income to even less than my income. So
0: Whoa.
1: the past two years financially have been difficult. Yeah. Significantly shrinking. Wow. So actually I had my mom, she's working on my my monthly budget for me to make sure that I'm paying off um, my credit card appropriately. Um, uh, my ex-husband and I, um, we share custody of dogs. It's actually in our divorce paperwork. Um, really? <laughs> and he, the dog that he has living with him has significant health problems. And she ended up in at the emergency vet. So we agreed to pay half of all vet bills. So mm-hmm. I've got two credit card balances now. So my mom is helping me make sure that I'm paying the right one down appropriately at the right time to make mm-hmm. sure I'm not doing too much. and. And she she still has to yell at me almost every month because I'm still spending. I'm spending significantly less than I used to a few years ago, but still too much. Um, and I'm able to pay bills. It's not like I'm struggling that way, but it's just that I, the, uh, the uncomfortableness of knowing that those balances are there. yeah But yeah, so the, those, are, <laughs> those are the main things that have happened over the last two years. So basically being uprooted, um, I've been fortunate enough to keep my job even with the ten percent cut. Um my position, I'm actually a governor appointee, but I was appointed by the last governor. So the past two years of the new governor, it's been kind of scary because I haven't been appointed under him. And at any time oh. he can tell me, thank you for your service, goodbye.
0: <laughs> Whoa, really?
1: <laughs> yes, any moment in time, no reasoning at all. So, um, and there's been no word whether or not he's going to reappoint me or not. Um, oh, man. I am fortunate enough to where I have what's called return rights because before I was appointed, um, I worked for the state in a civil service position. So I can always go back to one of those positions. It will just be another pay cut. Um, so I, I, am not, I'm not as anxious about it as I was to begin with. Once I found out what is available to me, should he not appoint me? Um, but it is, it's, it's stressful not knowing really if, Is this the job I'm gonna continue doing for the next few years? It's hard to plan, Mm -hmm. especially with my team. We're a very close-knit team. Nobody in my unit really has to work. They work because they want to. Um, And we work so well together. And I've, knock on wood, never had to discipline anyone because they're just phenomenal staff. And it's hard to do long-term plans with them because I don't know if someone else is gonna come in and take my position and change everything. Um, so we're kind of just taking it day by day. Um, it's been okay. Um, I was really proud of how my team transitioned to teleworking. Um, it just so happened the day that I was out for my ankle surgery, where I was going to be out for a month happened to be the same day that California shut down. So I was already prepared to be home and not leave my house for a month. (laughs) Luckily. Um, And I had already told my staff because part of my job is responding to disasters um, for the state. I sometimes get called to help. And so I was kind of um, involved in a lot of the beginning stages of COVID as it was slowly creeping up. And so we had sat down as a team and said, hey, you know, just in case something happens and you guys have to telework for a day or two, no one thought it would be as long as it is. Why don't we go ahead and make sure everyone has your your files that are on a hard drive saved to the cloud, make sure you know how to transfer your phone over all this stuff. And I'm so glad that I had kept them for that because the Monday following they were told to stay home because I told them every night, take home your take home your laptop just case, just and they did and we were prepared so wow. <laughs> So it worked out really well. and. What's actually really phenomenal for my team, we are highly understaffed. We have been. Um, One of our, I have one, well, let me start. I have five people, myself an assistant deputy director, um, one full-time information officer, a half-time web content author, and a three fifth, no, I'm sorry, three quarter time content editor. So I really only have three full-time staff. That's unheard of for public affairs, especially my department. Our department has 20 different business lines. So it's not like a normal state department where they focus on one thing. We have 20 different things we focus
0: on. Oh my God. So
1: in some departments, a five team staff would be fine, but not for ours. (laughs) And we've never been able to get more staff. And because my team's so good, we've never needed it. So it's kind of scary. It's kind of that like you're being punished for being good. Oh,
0: that's real. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, right before um, COVID hit, my web content author went out on maternity leave. Um, So we're even more (laughs) short staffed. Yeah. So we were a little worried. Um, But with teleworking, my staff has gotten more done than we would have if we were in the office. Because we have less interruptions, um, we have more flexibility in our time. Whereas if we have an appointment, we don't just have to take off like a half day. We can just take the few hours and then come back and make up the time any time during the night. I have staff that works at midnight because wow. they don't need to do it during that block of eight to five or whatever. It just has to be done for a certain time,
0: and so you're they that know they want to be there, which is just such a different dynamic. Exactly. Because you have all these people who are like choosing to do this because you even said you're taking a ten percent pay cut and they're now doing more. Yes. I mean that's kind of incredible.
1: Yes. And you're sort of I'm, at the helm of this. Exactly. I'm I'm so fortunate for this staff. And and I think a lot of it is because I am really flexible with their schedules. Mm-hmm. I I don't get on them if they're ten minutes late because I know they're gonna make it up somewhere else. I let them nice. have the flexibility they need. Um, we make sure that we have team meetings and then also one on one meetings and I let them talk about personal stuff. I'm not going to derail the meeting if there's talking about personal stuff. I'm not, we, this is a place where you need to feel comfortable and if you need to vent to someone where your are family. Oh, um, that's amazing. Yeah. And um, when we do have a staff member that is um, Jehovah's Witness. So we don't celebrate any holidays, but we do have an end of the year thank you party, which she's allowed to participate in. Oh, cool. So we still are able to um, kind of have get togethers and like stuff like that. And I, I think, I really do think that that makes a big difference. And um, when we did at one point have a vacancy, we had over 100 applicants apply for the position people with no experience whatsoever just because they knew how good our office was and how rare it is to have a vacancy because the only reason we had the vacancy is someone retired he'd been there forever oh wow it's just we we love what we do it gets really frustrating it's really hard to do what we do but we work really well together and i think that's the, Mm. the biggest thing we understand each other um I'm really big at pushing mental health days. Oh, awesome. I am a huge advocate of mental health. I myself have hormone anxiety that I have to be medicated for. So I like to kind of end the stigma on that and I make it very Definitely. clear to my staff hey, if you are having a bad mental health day, that's like you're sick. Call in sick. You don't yeah. have to tell me I'm feeling depressed. Just say, I'm sick. I'm not coming in today. No questions asked. So Amazing. that once I kind of made that very clear the the weird thing is there's been people taking less time off yeah <laughs> Which exactly. is like, I never imagined that but it that was kind of like what happened
0: yeah it's this weird paradoxical um effect right when you make something like you said take the stigma out of it right when you make something okay it's like okay now you I'm not gonna have to like shove my emotions down i'm not going to have to put a mask on all the time i'm not going to have right. to do all this extra work extra energy which does actually cause illness exactly. at a deeper level not to mention the mental illness that wasn't being dealt with exactly. and so they're now able to express that and even if they don't need to it's like well actually i can and just yeah. knowing that you can just takes so much of that stress and pressure off and what's the cause of almost every disease is stress Exactly. Like that's the, you know, the common thread with all of them. So that's, that's incredible. And that is such a stigma. Uh, I was just talking with a friend very recently. Um, She's going through insane things right now. I mean, like people dying. I mean, like all kinds of issues with her kids and this and that and friends, like really severe, intense things. And so she's having panic attacks. She's having like all this, all these really, really intense things that she's not used to dealing with. And she gets written up at work. Ugh. you know what I mean? It's like, inst- yeah. it's the opposite. It's like, we're not batteries, right? Humans are not batteries to be plugged in, drained, recharged during the weekend and plugged back in. Exactly. That's not how this works. And so yeah. seeing this is just honestly, it's so inspiring.
1: Oh, it's good. I like yeah. to hear
0: that. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. It's really amazing.
1: No, I, 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 it's, it's really important to me because I, I, like I said, my anxiety is, is it gets really bad. And Mm. I'd like to say that all my supervisors have been okay with talking about mental health, but they're not. It's an uncomfortable topic. Um, I've had some people say things like you shouldn't talk about your mental health on social media because it could make people not want to hire you. Well, then I don't want to work there.
0: Yes, (laughs) perfect, (laughs) yes.
1: Um, well but I gone. don't. I don't want people to feel embarrassed. I don't want them to feel like there's something unusually wrong about them. Mm-hmm. I, it's if someone has cancer, no one says, "Don't talk about that."
0: Yeah, you should be ashamed.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't be. <laughs> insane. You're sick.
0: Exactly. I mean, not... That's, that, that would be insane to yeah. suggest that you don't talk about it. Don't get treatment. Don't exactly like, w- what. Yeah. It's no different at all. And
1: when people feel ashamed, they're not gonna get treatment.
0: Exactly. So
1: that I I wish that I would have been more willing to talk about it sooner so I could have started medication sooner. I always oh. wonder how would college have been, how would high school have been if I would have been on medication?
0: Ooh, good questions. Um,
1: maybe it's a good thing <laughs> that I wasn't on it because I was very um, I guess introverted and didn't ever go anywhere. So I never got in trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, 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 when I talk to people from high school that knew me, um, they're shocked knowing what I do. They're like, what do you mean you work in public affairs? What do you mean you're on mm. camera? That's not you at all. Like, right. <laughs> like it wasn't me, but it is now like, wow. but yeah, so that's huge for me. Um, yeah, that's one thing that I'm, I'm a big, big advocate of. Mm
0: mm-hmm yeah myself as well because i love i love comparing this with physical diseases because the world right now the the 21st century and most of the 20th century is just obsessed with biology Mm -hmm. obsessed everything is biology absolutely everything and so if you have a medical issue they, all of a sudden, it, they can comprehend it. They understand it. It's this, there's no taboo thing, you know. A headache isn't demons your head any longer. It's like an actual, you know, there's yes. explainable <laughs> scientific facts. And we're just now getting into a space where mental health is being seen in a similar, uh, similar light, really. Mm-hmm. Because once, when these mental health issues are fairly small, and then they go untreated, and then they get exacerbated, and they get shamed and shut down, etc., I mean that's why the suicide rate is so high what it yeah. is in in the world i mean i'm a survivor myself because it got to that point where it's like you're completely trapped you yeah. can't talk about this you can't get relief from this and it's not going away unless you do so if you have are you if you can't go forward or backwards where, what do you do you know and so exactly. yeah this is i'm as well very passionate <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> as everybody should yeah exactly and as much as I hate I hate relying on celebrities and athletes and stuff like yeah. that but I'm seeing more and more of them come out talking about their mental health issues True. and I really appreciate that because it's I, I do honestly think by celebrities and high profile people coming out and talking about their um, experience with mental health issues then it's going to normalize it
0: more yeah yeah exactly also it's not putting up this really false image of uh, success
1: exactly oh
0: now that i'm rich famous and all these other things life is perfect exactly and there's no struggle left and there's no problems anymore and that's just all a fiction yeah and their agents or whomever was you know saying well you need to look a certain way and act a certain way and do it so they're actually under some some of the most amount of yeah. this sort of falsity
1: and it and it helps it it helps those with mental health issues to see you can be successful with it. Exactly. Like not so much like, oh, I'm I'm famous now, so it'll go away. It's I can be successful with it. Yeah. Um, that's that's huge to me. Um, I, I would have never thought I would be in a governor appointed position because I don't talk, I never talked to people. I didn't like talking to people. I didn't want anyone to know I existed. Mm-hmm
0: and here i am <laughs> yeah so for you um, so, so it sounds like you've taken a like a, this has been a journey you know mm-hmm. from like where you were as a kid in high school and moving forward and now you're passing on a lot of that passion a lot of that like care to these people that you're in charge with and you're mm-hmm. seeing like amazing results but what was your journey like how did you get from where you were to where you are now because even you said your friends are like wow so much has changed
1: I, you know, I started at the very bottom um, career-wise. I started as a student assistant. Um, I was going to school full-time, but I was also working part-time. And I kind of went up the ladder. I went up to the next level, which was um, what they call an office assistant. And then literally the right next step, I just kept going up and up and up. And then um, to get to this field it's kind of a funny story because I never even thought about being in communications. Um, it's another stigma. In college, the communication majors were just people who didn't want to do anything all day and play all day. And who's going <laughs> to use communications? And once social media started happening, they started coming out with social media degrees. Oh, what a joke. What is? What are you going to do with social media as a career? Well, <laughs> I do a lot with it now, but yeah. back then it was like kind of looked down upon. So... Um, I never thought of even going in this field. I was actually, um, I was working for Employment Development Department, and I was a lease coordinator and facilities, um, in facilities management. So I'd work on leases for state buildings, and I would help, like, um, make sure work would get done to buildings. But I was ready for something new. Um, So I was, I don't ever remember applying for this job, but I got called for a job Um, at my current department um, for what was called an information officer, which is basically someone who works with the media, um, works in the public and develops like press releases and stuff like that. Um, I had two interviews the same day, one for this position and one for a position where I actually had experience in. Hmm. I just went to the the information officer position just for additional interview experience. I never even thought like... I would ever get the job because I had no experience, sure. like, didn't sound like anything I would want to do. But during the interview, I was like, This sounds amazing.
0: like <laughs> Really?
1: And they actually called me that night and offered me the job. And I was like, You know what? I'm going to do it. <laughs>
0: so I did it. <laughs> Just jumped um, in.
1: Yeah. And they actually, during the interview, I asked and they promised me I would never have to be on camera. And a week later, they made me go up So (laughs) I always give, I still talk to my former boss, and I always give him a hard time about that. Um, But apparently, I was good at it. So um, I worked in that position for a while. They actually promoted me in place. Um, And then um, I got assigned to do special assignments. Like, at one point, I got to go work at the governor's press office for a few weeks. Um, And then I actually got sent to go work to the arrival of the Endeavor space shuttle. Um, which was like the best moment in my entire life. It was the hardest two, three weeks I've ever had to work. And I seriously cried multiple days Um, (laughs) and I wanted to go home. They delayed it. And I told my boss, I want to come home. I don't want to do this anymore. It's too much work. I can't handle it. And he said, I'm not letting you come home. You will regret it. And he was right. So he made me stay and it was, the most memorable thing in my entire life and I still cry about it every year on the anniversary.
0: Really? Um, <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> it was so awesome. I've always been huge with space and stuff like that. So oh, to beautiful. be part of that was was awesome. Um oh,
0: So what yeah, let's I want to hear about that. Like what was that experience then? You said it was insane work. It was. Like, grueling.
1: So so California um what do they call it? Science Center. They are a small little agency. <laughs> well, they were running this event um, oh, for the wow. shuttle to come there. And the governor's office knew they weren't going to be able to do it themselves. They only had a, a two person communication staff. So they knew that I learned quickly and that I would be able to handle whatever's thrown at me. So they threw me in there. Um, we had grueling days. Some days I would say up to 15 hours. I'm not even, I'm not even Good. exaggerating and it was just so many media inquiries worldwide because it's a huge thing yeah, you're bringing gross. a space shuttle home um, not only that but once the space shuttle's there they're hearing that it's going to be pulled on the streets and trees are going to have to be cut down and oh, and God. things are going to have to be moved out of the way so everyone wants to hear all the different things and then there was drama oh. because they let a non-American vehicle pull it down the street, and oh, come on, it was just different little drama things like that. So it was wow. a it was a lot of work, credentialing media, getting back to media inquiries, setting up interviews, um, getting in touch with astronauts to make sure they're going to be at the event, wow. um, making sure the VIPs are there, um, the celebrities that are coming, um, just planning the event, making sure the food's there, and all of the foundation members from the science center are being invited and designing invitations. Like it was, I'm getting tired. I know I can see. It again.
0: Body <laughs> like language. Reliving,
1: I always relive the, the great part of that. And then I forget about all the work of that into it. So I'm like so tired. But.
0: <laughs> so what, so what was so, the great part about it?
1: You know, when, when the, transporter plane flew in and you could see it with a space shuttle on it the entire tarmac went completely silent and you Whoa. look around and i'm gonna cry about it just don't cry enough. everyone just had Amazing. tears rolling down their face all that work and it was finally there it was your wow. piece of history like it's guess wow. yeah i know
0: <laughs> you look at it and like it's can real
1: you see? that's that's my space shuttle crossing sign can you see that <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's my style. I know you're not doing video, but I
0: have to show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: This is my credential pass, my VIP access pass.
0: Oh, my God. I love it.
1: So, yeah. I mean, you can see the lighting. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the anniversary oh, cool. um, just passed. But, but yeah. so And I I was actually an employee. Um, they had to make me an employee of the science mm. center for a while. I even had my photo ID. and So, but, yeah, it was uh, – is a great experience. And when you, when I go to the science center, I see it on display. It's like, I helped bring this here. like, <laughs> And that year it was one of the top 10 things in the nation to have happened. So like, wow. So yeah, it was, it was amazing. Amazing experience. I'll never forget. Wow, Definitely wow. highlight of my life.
0: <laughs> I mean, going from like, being petrified to just talk with anybody at all at like this young age to like the slow climb up to a a historical event that's exactly dude
1: yeah (laughs) yeah um never in a million years thought i would help be helping plan an event um of that size let alone any size i don't even like 10 birthday parties so (laughs) (laughs)
0: let alone a space shuttle
1: Exactly! Ah. <laughs> so yeah, so then from there, um, I guess that impressed the governor enough to where he appointed me to a different department um, called California Volunteers. Um, I was there for a few years and the the main... Um, Mission, I guess, at California Volunteers was the AmeriCorps program. I don't know if you've oh, heard of AmeriCorps. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we we help distribute funds for the AmeriCorps program. So it's like California. Peace Corps,
0: but specific to yeah, um, yeah. exactly,
1: yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so I got my appointment there, and then um, a few years later, they appointed me back to um, the department I was originally hired for, um, information officer. So I'm back at that same department as oh, an appointment. Oh, I see. I'm. The boss of my, one of my former bosses.
0: Oh, how weird. Kind of funny.
1: Um, He had told me when I worked for him, you're going to be my boss someday. And I am. Really?
0: (laughs) Wow. You should ask him more questions about the future.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So there's there's basically my life in a nutshell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Highlights anyway. Exactly. Wow. So I know you were talking about like destigmatizing mental health and stuff so what do you think like are steps that could be taken you know on on any scale
1: the more we talk about it and normalize it the Mm -hmm. more it's going to be destigmatized. um yeah not having to be secretive about it like not telling people don't talk about it bringing more um focus on the types of help that's out there um Letting people know going to a therapist or a counselor is just as acceptable as going to see your doctor when exactly. you have told. cold. Um, that's huge. So I, I know, I know it's some people still to this day like, oh, you see a therapist? Like, yes, I do. Like, yeah. <laughs> be very proud of it. Yeah, um, and exactly. not even just for people who are sad or whatever. I think I honestly think everyone should see a therapist at least once a year. Just like they see their doctor for a physical once a year, you should get a mental health up as
0: well. Definitely. I mean, for me, um, I, I also see a therapist um, once a week. It's just yeah. it's part of my insurance program. And I was like, uh, yeah, you know what? That's like my insurance program coming with a gym membership.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, I want my physical body to have physical health. I want my mind to have mental health. So I'm going to regularly treat it. I'm going to regularly like exercise. That muscle, and
1: excellent.
0: check in, and it's like it's amazing, and that's how I see it. It's the same.
1: Yeah, and and I found that so many physical issues are tied oh, to mental health. So, all of them. <laughs> if you if you want us to be physically healthy, yes. start with our minds.
0: <laughs> exactly. Ah, oh, yeah, I would almost say all of them. Yeah, or the vast and majority.
1: Just making it easier to find. Therapists and mental yeah. health resources. That's a huge thing. Even though I have excellent insurance, but it was so hard to find therapists that are really? covered under the network. Um, the very first time I ever we re- tried to reach out to get um, therapy, it was a nightmare. I cried because I could not figure out how to navigate the system. I oh didn't know how do I find someone. And this go around, it was easier because. I was having so many life changes. My doctor, um, he asked me, but <laughs> put me on kind of like a watch list, um, because I had so many changes going on in my life. Yeah. I could, I'm high risk mentally, mm-hmm. um, to, to go into depression or be high risk. If, if I were suicidal, they want to make sure that I have access to the resources I need. Um, that was my mom. Sorry. I don't know if he's <laughs> sorry oh, A little bit. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, it, it, was, it was so difficult, but they when they put me on the list, they assigned me my own, basically, caseworker who helped me navigate wow. the system this time. You shouldn't have to be assigned exactly. a caseworker. <laughs> <laughs> you my should God. be able to very easily, just as easy as you are able to find a primary primary care doctor, you should be able to find a therapist. And you shouldn't... I only had a handful to pick from. Um, the few I called, weren't accepting new patients. Um, she found me some more. I just didn't vibe with them. I didn't yeah. like them. Um, and it just so happened that I went to, um, I went for some other appointment that was in a, a building with different types of other businesses. Mm-hmm. And one just happened to be a therapist. So I picked up the card. And I'm like, what are the chances she accepts my insurance? I'll just check anyways. Mm-hmm amazingly she took my insurance and we mesh wow. and she is amazing um but my very first ever therapist was a psychiatrist and it was not a good experience at all really he didn't want to talk he just wanted to push medication on
0: me oh no no Mm-mm.
1: yeah um and i didn't oh, know better It was my first time ever going so oh, i took I the medication um it made me worse like yeah. i was having problems and then i had problems renewing my medication and you can't just stop taking that medicine um, oh, I could wow. not get in touch with them. They wouldn't return my calls. They wouldn't oh answer. God. Um, email wasn't kind of like a big thing back then. So I didn't really, I couldn't email them. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't yeah. texting really. Um, so I just stopped taking it and it messed with me big time. Um, really? So I managed my primary care, care health doctor, which is the same one I have now, who's been able to help me now. Um, he found me a psychologist um, and so I went to the psychologist and I let the psychologist share my records with my doctor. My primary care doctor said, you should have never been on that medication. Um, you are not depressed. You have anxiety. Um, so you were taking the wrong medication. That's why it got worse. Cause it was making me depressed. Um, so then he prescribed me a medication for my anxiety. Um, and I've been taking it ever since and it's helped. And it's been amazing. So now anytime I need to find a new therapist, um, I make sure it's not a psychiatrist. Nice. <laughs> not, nothing against psych- psychiatrists. I'm sure this was just one particular doctor that I had a bad experience with. But I, I do better. I'm on a medication that works. I don't need a different medication. I just mm-hmm. need the talking through. So...
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've had issues with with um, uh, not therapists, but the the ones who prescribe medication,
1: psychiatrists. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: psychiatrists as well. Um no, it's really interesting, though, and that's that's something that a lot of people have a, a huge like absolute barrier against is medication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge, huge barrier, and they're like, no, don't. Don't prescribe me anything. Don't mess with this or that or, or the other. So but it's like your
1: brain's already messed up. Your chemicals are messed up already, <laughs> and the medicine's gonna fix that. Like.
0: <laughs> so what? So what has been your experience? I mean, and you know, to their to their credit, even you had a a really negative experience when you take the wrong medication. Mm-hmm. So it's like it is very so crucial. Yeah. To, to get the proper medication, to get mm-hmm. that the right thing. So. What's been your experience? Like, why is it, why has it helped you? Why isn't it this bad thing that people are kind of like ignorant about that they don't know about?
1: If, if you're sick, if you have, if you have such clogged sinuses, would you not try to take something to decongest it? Like, would you not go try some Sudafed? I mean, I would. Yeah, definitely. So if you're, chemicals in your brain are not working why would you not try to take something to make them work? if you are not happy with the way you are thinking and you know it's not healthy the way you're thinking Mm. why not try to medicate even if it's not prescription drugs even if it's homeopathic even Mm. if it's just eating differently trying to find a way to rebalance your chemicals why would you not try that
0: that's a good question. I know some I people know. are afraid that it's like a crutch on some level that perhaps they're not able to, um, I don't know, uh, do it on their own. Maybe there's pride there that they're not wanting to to do that sort of thing.
1: But even with that, I go back to if you have a cold, an illness, yeah. Yeah. if you have cancer, are you going to yeah. not take the medication they give you for that? Is that a crutch? If you don't see that as a <laughs> crutch, you shouldn't see <laughs> Medication for mental health as a crutch.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, um, the argument to that is how many people self-medicate with alcohol and drugs.
0: Oof. oof there you That's go. That's a crutch. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So
1: I, I would, I would, I would say my first question would be if to someone who says, "Well, I don't want to alter my brain. I don't want to take a crutch. Do you drink?" <laughs> That's altering your brain.
0: (laughs) It is, in fact, in a far more detrimental way.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's such a good point too, where we uh, or you even mentioned diet as well. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all of these things. I read somewhere a long time ago, um, the food you eat can either be your medicine or your poison. I mean, it really has that drastic of an effect. And you take all of these things combined. You know, you take the therapy and you're working through things, and you have the medication and exercise and diet. Boom! That's an entire life changed right there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I actually have an autoimmune disease, and it's triggered significantly by the foods I eat. Oh wow! Um, I didn't know about this until recently. Um, recently. I, yes. Um, probably about maybe five years ago, they finally diagnosed me. Um, oh, I was wow. always tired. I was always in pain. I thought I was normal. I never said anything.
0: <laughs> oh I my I was to be That way. God.
1: I said it to my doctor finally, he said, Monica, no, you're not supposed to be like that. So they ran some tests and they found out how autoimmune disease, Um, so my body attacks my connective tissue. um, Wow. And it gets really bad um, if I exert myself too much, but especially if I eat something processed, Um, gluten's Mm. a trigger, sugar's a trigger, Um, basically all that stuff you're not supposed to have in your body is a trigger to me. (laughs)
0: That's convenient. I do least. <laughs> find,
1: and I do find, if I'm in a flare-up, that my mental health is worse.
0: Really? So, which uh, the chicken or the egg? Which kind of which? It's usually
1: to... um, it's usually the autoimmune being triggered <clears throat> before my mental health.
0: Oh, okay. And then your mental health will will you'll feel the impact in that sense. After. Yeah. And
1: my anxiety will in, will increase wow. um, when the, when my inflammation in my body increases, this, the anxiety increases. Oh, um, wow. Amazing. So if I, if I, I'm still, since it's still kind of new, mm. if I, if I can identify that's what's causing it, then I'll try to eat a little bit better.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. And it's so hard when you're like dead center in the middle of it, mm-hmm. especially if you're getting that anxiety or yes. getting that, that panicky kind of sensation is like, you can't think clearly. So it's hard to identify really what, exactly. you know, the whole picture. Yeah. And
1: a lot of times I don't even realize that I'm having an anxiety issue until oh, wow. I feel the physical pain of like, cause I do this when I'm stressed and anxious. And oh. so I'll get a knot and I'll be like, Oh, okay. Or my teeth, I crack my teeth so much. Cause I clench my teeth when I'm anxious.
0: Wow. Um, really?
1: So it's, I have to notice it's when I notice the physical changes mm-hmm. that I realize. Oh wait, my anxiety's high. What's causing this? Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times it's stress from work. I'll admit that. Yeah. <laughs> but when I know that, okay, well that's not really stressing me out so much. So my anxiety should go up. I go back through my head. What have I been eating? Oh, I had chips. Oh, I had ice cream. Oh, I had a soda. Like oh, <laughs> all wow. that kind of stuff. So go break out the water. Okay, my meal. I gotta have a salad. Like. <laughs> like <I'm done. laughs> which a lot of time my, my family will tell you, I am not good about my diet as I should be, but oh, really? <laughs> I do, I do really well. Um, I'm not gluten free. I should be, My doctor said I should be, I don't have celiac. Um, mm. I do have a marker, but I don't have it. I'm sensitive to it, um, but not intolerant yet. So mm. I do as little gluten as I can. Um, but I still very much eat gluten. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, that's really, this is something fascinating to me. Um, just talking with people and noticing these kinds of patterns, where people are now in like modern day becoming more sensitive to these processed things, to these like um, gluten, but really gluten in like high amounts. So mm-hmm. the way that bread is processed, ironically, in a way that increases that to such a, a super high degree. Yeah. And our bodies, like actual physical evidence, is now popping up, like oh. what like what you've been experiencing in like huge ways and it's happening all across the globe. So it's really interesting that there seems to be all these ties to it. Yeah. Kind of these patterns that are that are coming up. Yep. Wow. Cool.
1: I don't know what else to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's We're, all I have.
0: Then that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And no, it's nice when it just kinda ends at a you know a natural lull it's perfect yeah yeah (laughs)